0: Hi there, it's Dimna here with my weekly Intelligent Property Investor of the Week update. Glad to be here with everybody. Um, we are going to uh, to cover off on a lot of information today. There's been a lot of data out. But first of all, let me explain why I'm doing these, uh, these updates with all of you. First of all, I want to make sure that you are a smarter investor. Because smarter investors make better decisions and better decisions give you better results. And that's where my aim is with all of these updates is to keep you informed so that you can make better decisions and ultimately get better results. Because that's what it's all about. It's about creating uh, better results because we're coming into a period of time and I'll explain to you why that is as we go through all of these updates. Um, that is going to make or break you. The next few years are going to be very, very crucial to, uh, to your livelihood, really, for the, next, for the rest of your life. You know, the next three to five years really could set you up for the rest of your life. And that's why these updates are going to be so important to you as we go through. Now, I'm doing a whole series of them. So if this is your first time with me, then uh, welcome. Welcome. And uh, make sure that you go back and have a bit of a listen to all of the previous ones that I've done as well, because it's one builds upon the other. And each one we've got uh, the most recent data coming out all the time. So there's a lot of hype in the media and other things about about where the market's going, and you know fear around. COVID and the vaccine and all of these sorts of things. Well, I want to lay a lot of that to rest because when we get down to the, the bottom line economics, then, uh, you know, it really starts to make a whole lot of sense. Now, look, if you're listening to this on a podcast, you're going to get a much better experience uh, if you come across to my, uh, to my website. Now I blast this out all over the place, so it goes onto podcasts, it goes onto Spotify, iTunes, uh, it goes onto my YouTube channel and of course it goes up on my website. So obviously on YouTube and on my website you can uh, see all of my charts. Now I think the charts are going to be very, very important uh, as, we, as you start to understand what's actually Going on, I'll try and describe them as best I can. But the really the best thing to do is to jump onto my website, uh, which is ILoveRealEstate.tv, and subscribe to my uh, to my to my weekly updates here, the Intelligent Investor Masterclasses, uh, because that way you'll get notified that they're coming up. They're they're out there available to you. You won't miss any. Because as things happen, good or bad. I'm going to be sharing them with you. So that's my uh, that's my little bit of a introduction to where we're at at the moment. Let's get into the masterclass. So uh, as we have a look at what we're going to cover today, as I said, there have been quite a bit of uh, information coming out during the week and the biggest uh, lot of information to come out has actually been the jobs data. So jobs data we're going to cover. I also want to cover the easy money stuff. Now, easy money, particularly American style, what's happening in there? Because America's kind of uh, representing what's happening in all of the Western markets right now. So it's good to be able to see where they're at. And of course, I'm going to come back to Australia and what that all means. And I'm going to finish it off with a truth bomb, truth bomb of the week, which is that money can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you a lot of answers all right so let's start with jobs where are we at on a jobs front well before i get into the actual data i thought what i would do is go through what jobs actually mean for the economy you know what does it mean if we create a new job what does it mean if unemployment comes down and i think that's pretty important so let's have a look at the chart over here now (coughs) excuse me in this chart more jobs creates higher disposable income which then increases demand for local services. So whether that's a service-based industry, uh, like you know insurance or um, high tech or education, any of those things, it has a multiplier effect and it creates more jobs in the local community, such as the cafes, the banks, the bakeries, the post offices, the barbers, the everything else that you see there. But so too does manufacturing. Now, manufacturing uh, creates that same kind of multiplier, and um, you know, again, it, it plays across into the into the industry. The higher the the technology, the higher the uh, pay rate of the service or or good being supplied, the more impact it has in the larger community. And that's really what I'm trying to pre- represent here. You know, service multipliers where we're talking about higher technology creates more impact in local services and creates more jobs than uh, lower paid jobs being created like those in manufacturing and in the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the lower paid industries right across the board. I mean, have used manufacturing as one of those, but there are a lot of them. So before we get there, before we explain what that actually means from actual job numbers, I also want to look at productivity. Now, in the last 70-odd years, you know, we've increased dramatically from a productivity perspective. You can see there, I've got the old typewriter back in the 50s, and now we've got, you know, computers and you know, we've got watches on our arms that we can talk to and make phone calls on. We've got, you know, all of the the smart technology, etc. And it's getting the the increase in that is getting more and more rapid with, um, you know, artificial technology and all of those sort of things. But the productivity in this in the um, in the local services hasn't really grown a lot. You know, in the last fifty odd years, we still drink the same amount of beer. You know, we still eat pretty much the same kind of stuff. We, you know, in that that local community, we we still go to the grocers. We still do all of the normal things. So our expenditure from our money hasn't gone uh, up as much from a productivity perspective as our technology has. Now, that's creating another compound effect because when we export our technology growth, so you know, our education, our high tech, our service-based industries, you know, anything of a higher technology level, it actually brings in more money and creates even higher demand for local services. So, let's have a look at that little bit of a gap and uh, what that gap actually means from a jobs perspective. So, here we have, um, when... When we have, when we create ten new jobs of a a baseline level, it creates another eleven jobs in the local services industries. So basically, it's a one for one and a bit for every job that we create, like a nurse or a fireman or a or a. Um, i don't know pick pick your industry basically uh you know uh, someone who, who grooms the the golf courses or or works in a manufacturing plant or any of those sort of things we're basically creating another job out there for the um you know for the grocer or the barber or the or the pizza delivery guy or whatever else we're creating at least one for one and slightly over one for one so 10 to 11 is what the figures are actually showing but when we create, oh, sorry, when we create a higher um, paying job, like a, you know, a, a, a high tech job of some description, we don't only create one for one. In fact, the figures show for every 10 that we are creating, um, it actually creates another 17 new jobs in local services. So that's pretty dramatic, isn't it? It's pretty dramatic that that is the is the compounding effect. So what does that tell us? It tells us that all jobs are good, you know, they have a, a double whammy effect, but uh, the higher paid jobs, the higher service industry jobs are the ones that actually have the biggest impact on our economy, particularly when we're exporting those services. So let's have a look at the latest figures. So the latest figures show us where are we? there we go? no, for whatever reason that one there's frozen. Let me just fix that for you. Um, the uh, the latest figures show us that the um, the indeed indeed is one of the the big reporters on on property and it shows us there that we are thirty two point nine so you may as well call it thirty three percent higher than we were. Uh, pre-COVID from a jobs perspective. So we are advertising more jobs now than we did have pre-COVID. When we look at the next one here, you can see that uh, this really shows us that the job advertising has been ramped up and this little dip that we saw here that was all about COVID, obviously and it came right down but look where we are we're back up to pre covid levels from a job ad this is a different different um, uh, um, uh, media that that's actually been reporting on this so it's a different organization it's ivi job advertising but it actually shows how how you know it's been slowly increasing over that period of time which is all a great thing this again shows you that uh the unemployment rate has been coming down so i mean i'm i'm probably older than most of you that are listening to this and uh I remember when jobs way back in the you know the 90s and the 80s and things like that where we had unemployment up close to 10%. And you look it was tough. The early 90s when we had that last recession that we actually had things were really tough and the the unemployment did nearly reach to that 10%. And when we went into COVID and we, we spiked up here at over 7%, there were a lot of economists that were saying that the, um, the unemployment rate was going to go up somewhere around the 15% mark. And this was going to be the, the worst recession since the Great Depression. Well, it's turned out to be a blip in the ocean, which is exactly what I was telling you guys last year. So you can see how quickly the, um, the unemployment rates come down. In actual fact, we've, we've beaten the six mark. We're actually now down to about 5.8%, which is very manageable. I mean, we've sat most of the 2000s in around about that kind of level. So we're back down to really normal levels just going again you can see here um this is the this is the total employment and you can see we are already back up to pre COVID levels and it didn't take long to get there and the other important thing is when we start looking at part-time jobs compared to um, to full-time jobs. I mean, uh, part-time jobs, which is the, the red one here, they rebounded very quickly. And a lot of people going, okay, we'll put you back on part-time, but we don't know where the market's going, all of this kind of stuff. But then we got into the full-time jobs and there's a lot more confidence in the business, uh, business sector right now. And that's why we're seeing the full-time jobs back. And we're already back in a full-time basis and part-time basis back to where we were pre-COVID. So what does all this mean? Look, it means that we've got great great news for the Australian economy. Jobs growth has a compounding effect. And remember as I say, that you know the the scare, scaremongering that was going on uh, pre-covid was very much about uh you know the the fact that we were going to hit 10%, 15%, some were even saying 20%, which When you looked at the underlying fundamentals, which is what I bring to you now on a weekly basis, you'll understand that that simply couldn't happen. And that was my message all last year. It's my message to you now. And I want you to really take heed of some of the stuff that we're talking about. So the next thing I want to go on to here is uh, America. Now, America, I'm, I'm showcasing America because it is... It is representative of what's going on in the Western world. Um, the figures are very easy to pull out for, for America, but the same thing is happening in England, in a lot of the European countries, in Canada, New Zealand, Australia. You know, these these same um, trends are playing out in, uh, in our economies. So what's the first trend that's happening here? Well, the first thing is that... The, uh, the US sales, so this is the median house price for uh, sales of, of, of property in America. Now, look, we're up uh, 15.8% on a year-on-year basis. Now take that take into account that Australia is very property centric, so our property market moves very very quickly. Um, it responds to the economy more quickly. Our go to asset is the um, is the property market. It's not actually the share market like it is in America. So for these figures to be so strong in America, where um, you know it's not the flavour of the month. Um, stocks and shares are, it it even amplifies uh, what's actually going on in some other countries where property is the go-to asset. So, dramatic increases there in pricing as we're seeing in the States. This one shows you the um, home builder optimism. So, this is is the big spike that we're seeing for new homes uh, being created in America. The same thing's happening here. Um uh, on our score, we've actually got a double whammy there because we've had the builders boost. So everyone was jumping in to try and get the builder's boost. But new homes are certainly on the rise. Now what we're seeing here is the difference here between the home builder index, which is the, the purple colored one and the blue one here being the s; p 500 index, which is their, sh- their share market. And you can see here that the it's the homes that are actually even in the states outperforming the uh, the stock market. So you know does this mean that they're going to go into oversupply quickly because they're building all of these these uh, new homes? and the answer to that is definitely no because look at this chart here. This chart here actually shows the undersupply in housing in the States. Now, I've been talking for a long time about the Australian housing market and how undersupplied it is, well, The same story is playing out in the states as well as well as in the uk and it's going to take quite a considerable amount of time before that reverses back and comes back into any kind of equilibrium let alone into oversupply which is where we would look at a normal correction so then we have the housing inventory now this is the biggest problem across the world uh, but particularly the western world because of COVID and people becoming more Um, more insular and a little bit more um, safety conscious they're hanging on to things a lot more so they're hanging on to their homes now you can see here this is the reduction in listings look where we are down here compared to you know to where we've been in the past so look you know, this was this was 2017, you got 2018, 2019, 2020, obviously took a massive dive, but look where we are so far here in 2021. People are not listing their properties for sale. And this is creating a massive spike in, um, in pricing because we are so undersupplied. There is so much pent up demand and nobody's selling go to the extreme well some people are obviously but but the the limited stock i mean if you take, talk to any real estate agent um anywhere in the country pretty much you you ask them okay how are things going so oh, i wish i could get some stock to sell i could sell everything that i that i list so it's listings that are the issue and this chart really amplifies this because this shows the um the the slump that we had through, uh, through COVID where we weren't building any homes. Now, this is an American chart, but Australia was very, very similar. So there was this massive, massive slump. Now, this is in the number of households. So what that meant was that we had a lot of... Um, teenagers that moved back into home to save money. We had people who were going into share housing to try and save money. So everybody just went into this contraction and the number of actual houses uh, available contracted as well. So there's a long time between all of these houses going out and getting built and whatever before we recoup from this massive pent-up demand that was created here through 2020. Now add to that what we had in Australia, we not only had this slump through COVID, but we had the big slump and and huge pent up demand from the end of 17 to the beginning of, uh, sorry, the middle of 19, where we had all of this pent up demand and it wasn't being satisfied because of our regulations in the finance industry. So APRA got in, squashed the banks so no one could get a loan. So we've got all this massive pent up demand and then we had the COVID pent up demand. Our figures are actually even more dramatic than these ones here in the States. What this chart here shows is the uh, mortgage orientation uh, by credit score. So what we're seeing is those who are in the, the, the wealthier sector are taking massive advantage out of their good credit score and being able to get out there and start investing. So there's massive traction in the market. Easy money, American style, like all the other western countries america has been out there turning on the printing presses printing money so this chart here shows you uh in the last little bit here 2020 just how much money um is is actually being printed so you know the, the, the money printing tap has been massively turned on. And remember in all of my other talks that I give you and, and updates, we've been talking about every time, not just once, not just occasionally, but every single time that we have printed money in any country, the end result is that the stock market goes up and the property market goes up. And that's what's playing out right now. You look at the banking system, I mean, the reserves uh, from a banking perspective, there is so much money sloshing around. Banking deposits, so much money sloshing around. And all of that is playing out in the market. What we're seeing is that is all playing through into the market, into to the um, housing market and also the share market but mostly the housing market now the states recently had a um, a stimulus package released this is where it all went 410 billion went into just straight out money to the people stimulus checks going out to everybody bit into the government um, extending employment programs um, tax credits, uh, transport, health, education, small business, agriculture—everybody seemed to get a little bit of it. So there's there's lots and lots of of um, indicators that are showing that uh, you know the that the the economy is rebounding and it's rebounding quickly. So what I'd like to do now before I go on with the rest of the masterclass is to actually have a chat to you about how I can help you with this. So if you're enjoying the type of information that I'm I'm putting out right now, uh, I'd like to just take a couple of minutes before I talk about Australian property market and uh, let you know how I can actually help you. So what I'm going to offer you guys um, is on a, you know, limited basis because I've only got limited advisors, but I'm offering you the opportunity to actually um, have a 60 minute sit down appointment with my advisors. Now uh, what they're going to do is to help you as to where you're at and where you need to go. Let me just put on a different screen here. So so they're going to have a a chat to you about your goals your dreams your aspirations and uh you know what you want to achieve because you know my myself and my team really recognize that these next few years are going to be very very crucial to you so you really need to be stepping up you need to be maximizing your circumstances over these next few years because think about it, in somewhere around three to five years, you could have your income replaced. You could be debt free on your mortgage. You could be in a circ- in a situation where uh, you never have to work again a day in your life if you if you don't want to. Not that that's the end game, but it's about being in a position where you are comfortable. So if anything should happen in the market or anywhere else, you're safe. And if there's anything that COVID has taught us is we need to be safe. We need to have buffers. We need to have a a passive income that if our job goes tomorrow, it doesn't matter, we're safe. You know, we've got everything sorted. So in that 60 minute, um, uh, you know, advisory call, um, I'm calling it the I Love Real Estate Breakthrough Session. I thought that was a, a great title. They're gonna talk to you about where you're at, where you wanna go, and perhaps some of the things that you can do to actually accelerate your circumstances. How we can help you in that, and uh, you can make a very clear decision, then, uh, and an informed decision, intelligent decision, about uh, you, your future, and what it really looks like uh, for you, and what it what it means for you. So. There's only a handful of them there. Um, I don't have unlimited advisors, all the details are here. You can uh, can click on make an appointment with one of my advisors and let's get you sorted. Let's get you on a path to, uh, to replace that income and start to build a sizeable wealth portfolio. Because what's happening in the market right now is extreme and if you miss this period of time you're going to be waiting a very very long time before you're going to see this kind of opportunity again fortunes are going to be made in the next few years but you need to be ready for it and you you want to be informed you don't want to be buying the wrong kind of property there's a whole lot of crap out there and that i see slushing around the market but if you buy that sort of thing you're going to be held back you're going to be jeopardizing the opportunity that's actually there for you. And that's why we want to come and help you guys. So take up my my offer there to have a coaching call. It's going to be 60 minutes. Um, the advisors can help you about where you're at, where you want to go and what action you can actually take to get there. So hope you take me up on one of my one of my uh, advisors appointments there for the breakthrough I love real estate breakthrough session. Let's get back to the masterclass. All right. So the next thing that I wanna talk about now, of course, is Australia. Where are we at from an Australian perspective? And particularly from a housing market perspective, because the housing market, as I say, in Australia, we are, we are housing mad. So our first go-to asset is actually uh, property. It's not stocks and shares like it is in America, it's property. So let's have a look at that. All right. This chart here shows the 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 relativity of five capital cities. I've just picked out five here and what it what it's done since Covid. I'll just put it on the big screen so you can see it a bit better. So you can see they're back um, as a starting point of January um, 2020, the market went up until we hit COVID, and then they all started to fall in some form. Adelaide was actually uh, one of the strongest. Brisbane didn't didn't fade away too much either. Melbourne probably, you know, the blue one there was the one that faded away the most. Um, Perth did pretty well. Sydney obviously did well, but look where they all are now. So even Melbourne uh, is back to where it was pre-COVID, pre, you know, March last year, basically, all the others are dramatically above. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that is playing out right around the world. That's the kind of thing that is, uh, you know, you need to be on top of. Is it going to last look, we've got so much pent up demand and under supply, it's gonna take a number of years before we actually catch up to what's going on. Now, this is just internally. If we then add when we open the borders, when we are able to travel again, when we start accepting migration, that will just add a double whammy to the whole thing and we are gonna have another surge that comes on after that. Sitting around and waiting is not going to be the right thing for you to do so what's the problem well the problem is exactly the same problem that we had with uh, America and that is the lack of listings we simply don't have enough listings so you know you've you've got massive demand and and pent-up demand from from 2017 and then COVID um, and and now uh, we can't get listings because everybody's sitting on their stock and they're sitting back riding the wave. They're sitting back there just, just you know, getting returns on their property while it sits there and does nothing. So that's the biggest thing that is our problem right now. Now, one of the, the, the um, uh, precursors to more, uh, more price increase is clearance rates at auctions. Look where we're at here from a clearance rate perspective. You can see here, you know, that's COVID coming down, clearance rates were pretty low. We are now higher than we have been in the last 10 years from a clearance rate perspective. The last time we were at these similar levels was back here in, uh, in 2015. Now, that was, you know, you saw the rise that happened through all of that and the 16s and 17s and what, you know, the, the, the massive ramp up and increase in pricing that happened through those years. That's what we're coming into right now. Now, this is the precursor of, um, of, of pricing having more upward pressure. This chart shows, I'll put it on the big screen for you. This chart here shows that um you know the 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 percentage increase in in pricing that we've had over the the last 12 months as i said as we've we've gone through um so the the, uh sorry this is the listings beg your pardon this is the number of listings that are available for sale so you can see there that we're massively down across the board on what we would normally have available for sale you add that to this chart here, which shows that demand is still very, very high, and in fact is higher than it has been for months and months and months. Demand is, right across the board, is incredibly high. And and I did show this a couple of weeks ago. I talked about rental demand. It's also high. And when you've got rental demand uh, combined with lack of stock, the two together give you a massive upward uh, pressure on pricing because the yield is high you're actually going to have people jumping uh, assets from stocks and shares and other things into into uh, property to actually get the higher yield Um, and this is the percentage change in in uh, rental rates so you can see there that our rental returns uh, just you know in the last 12 months are up 3.2 percent so yields are going up as well now let's move on to money, and money is exceptionally cheap right now, and you know it's it's reasonably available as well. So you know this chart here shows you how the um, the interest rates have been coming down right across the board with the three year fixed and other things. I'll leave it on the big screen because there's a lot of figures in there, but just look at these chart on the right hand side, the uh, the teal coloured one there at the top. That's the investors of existing loans. So you know this is refinancing existing loans down to high, down, down to lower levels. Uh, the dark blue one is investors with new loans, and again those loans have been coming down uh, in a, if, from an interest rate perspective. The yellow one is owner occupier of existing loans, and the red one is for new loans. Um, for owner occupier, so you can see, you know, a massive decrease in in um, in the interest rate that we're paying. Money is cheap. We have not had this level of cheap money for decades. Forty, not actually, no, not 40 years. Ever in Australia have we ever had interest rates as low as they are right now? And that's being played out across the banks. I mean, this particular one happens to be um, the CBA with new lending and you can see there with the smoothed out, that's what it's doing. That's what COVID did, but look where it's heading now with new lending. Um, You know, a massive increase that, you know, there's more and more loans becoming available. With the easing that happened in the last October budget um, and the legislation around that to ease the lending criteria for banks, after smashing them over the head back in 2017, uh, we're starting to see that play out in the market right now. Some of the delays that we're seeing are still from offshore processing and they're trying to catch up on that. The sheer volume of loans that is going through is creating a bottleneck um, for timing. So if you're signing any contracts or anything like that, make sure you've got a nice long uh, finance clause if you're anywhere by New South Wales because they've got the exchange process um, because it just takes longer to get those loans through. Uh, They've just got such big backlog right now. Uh, this just shows you the difference between the investor loans being the red one and the owner occupier. Bit more of a spike in the owner occupier due to the home builder grant that we've we've had. Um, that's now finished now, but we're seeing here, the, you know, even the investor investor loans are well well up there as well. So a little bit of a, a quick recap. First of all. Uh, the finishing of JobKeeper has had very little effect on the unemployment rate, uh, simply because there is so much, or uh, you know, so much um, uh, confidence in the build in the in the business uh, sector. Particularly if you get out of things like retail and um, uh, you know hospitality and things like that, a little bit of travel take them aside. The confidence is actually exceptionally strong. Um, The US housing markets have had a massive resurgence and that's being played out across all of the the Western countries. Uh, Australian housing market is performing as I predicted all through last year. So as I've predicted all through last year, it's all playing out now. I was actually reviewing a um, a home study program that I put together three years ago. It was called Next 10. So that was back in 2018, way before any of this was even conceptualized. Um, And uh, I I talked about the next 10 years and how innovation was going to change the way we do housing and um, work from home and remote living and all of this kind of stuff. Well, COVID has actually exacerbated that. So everything that I was talking about in that next 10 home study program um, is now playing out real time as we speak. So um, I don't think I'm psychic, or maybe I am, but uh, you know, it was all about the fundamentals and how the market was actually moving at the time. Um, what COVID has done, it's accelerated all of those trends that, we, that I spoke about back then. So what's the truth bomb of the week? money can't buy you happiness but it can buy you answers why am i talking about this well i'm talking about this because there was a recent study that came out and i'll put this up on the big screen so that you can see it so there were three um, uh, major studies that were done and they looked at how happiness was Um, you know was measured so over on the left hand side this is what we think makes us happy it's things like buying things um, having a successful job it's about uh, you know uh, personal accomplishments and things like that the one at the top on the right hand side is uh, what really makes us happy and that's about gratitude you know, living a a life of gratitude, buying experiences rather than buying things. So things like travel and, and, uh, you know, experiences with the family and those sort of things. Giving money away, supportive network um, and the expectation of good health. And then down the bottom is the UN's measure of happiness. So the... um, their perception is, their, their view of happiness, their measure of happiness is the perception of freedom, um, freedom from corruption. Now, when you overlay all of those and what, uh, you know, what they actually mean, the big one in the middle that is part of all of them is having lots of money. Having lots of money can certainly buy you the ability to be able to do the other things like give money away, supportive network, um, the expectation of good health. You can buy good health, you know, well, to a large extent. You can buy better health. You can buy better, better other things. You can have more experiences. You can be more grateful for the position that you're actually in. Freedom in this country is pretty much a given um, and freedom from corruption. Well, we're pretty much there, aren't we? so uh that was my little truth bomb for the week i uh hope you enjoyed that now don't forget to book one of those 60 minute real estate breakthrough sessions with one of my advisors they are free there is no cost for them um, and see what, what uh, you can do proactively to take advantage of all of the massive upswing that we're seeing in the market right now. This is the biggest upswing we've seen in decades. And I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. So for anyone who's listening to me, uh, rather than seeing me with all of my slides and everything else, the place to go to get one of those appointments is iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. So jump on there, get one of those free 60 minute um, advisory uh, breakthrough sessions and let's break through and start to get some serious traction in the market that we are in right now. So that's it for me this week. I hope you enjoyed my Intelligent Property Investor Series. I encourage you to go across to my website, iloverealestate.tv. Subscribe to my updates. So that way you're going to get these coming out to you uh, every single week. Um, So you're always on top of the latest information and you know when things pivot. Because when things pivot, I'm going to be just as active telling you what to do then as well. So uh, jump on board. Be part of the Intelligent Investor. Um, masterclass series. And let's make some better decisions, (coughs) excuse me, which make uh, better, better information gives you better decisions, which gives you better results. I'll catch you next week. Bye now.